0: Before the age of the iPhone and prior to the boom of social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, a series was born, a Kentucky-based late model series that would eventually change the landscape of even national dirt late model racing. We still dream about going back to the day when we printed off our MapQuest pages and headed off to the mountains of eastern Kentucky to places like Thunder Ridge Racing Complex, 201 Speedway, and Mountain Motor Speedway. Or we headed west on the Parkway to places like Barron County Speedway, Soggy Bottom Speedway, and Bluegrass Speedway. Richmond Raceway, Lake Cumberland Speedway, and Ponderosa Speedway were mainstays of battles between competitors of arguably the greatest regional touring series to ever exist. These once local and weekly competitors became regional stars. Drivers such as Aaron Hatton, Johnny Wheeler, Tyrell Todd, Victor Lee, Tim Tungan, Brad Neap, Justin Ratley, David Webb, Chris Combs, and so many more were given a battleground. Before technology changed racing, the series gave local Kentucky competitors a chance to make a name for themselves. They showcase their skills against current and future National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Famers. Mike Jewell, Mike Marlowe, Eddie Carrier Jr., Daryl Lanigan, Don O'Neill, Jimmy Owens, Steve Francis, Dan Schliefer, Shannon Bath, and Dennis Irv Jr. have all staked to claim as series event winners, and some even past champions of the series. Google results pertaining to it returned mostly in pictures are few and the videos are well let's just say 480p at best. it's just one of those things where you had to be there and if you know you know Kentucky like Dirt Racing fans love to talk about it dream about it think about it it's nostalgic just a conversation is enough to get our hearts racing others have tried to replicate it but with no success there was only one and there will never be another. But what is it about this series that even after 13 years of non-existence, fans still beg for its return? Why was it so successful? How did it transform our sport? Why did it go away? This is the return of the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series on Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Lodge. Welcome everyone to the return of the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series here on Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live. We're excited to be joining you for a brand new season of the podcast and a month-long podcast series about arguably the greatest uh, regional touring series of all time. I'm Josh Chasteen. I'm in Richmond. I'm joined by Worldwide West, West, Wes Lanham. He's in Campbellsville and... Uh, the uh, former voice of the Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series, uh, the current voice of the Lucas Oil Lake Model Dirt Series, and a National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Famer, James Essex. Thank you so much for joining us this evening.
1: Well, Wes and Josh, it's an honor to be here, and uh, that, that uh, video brought back a lot of memories, and uh, man, oh man, can't wait to talk about it, and... Uh uh, just just uh, a great time in a, in a lot of our lives uh, when the bow of the bluegrass was going on and uh, man we made a we made a name for a lot of people out there you know
0: Yeah you sure did no yeah. kidding It's yeah. amazing it's just amazing how many people, involved on the national scene these days came from and I want to get to some of that as we continue on in the podcast but just so many names so many people people involved in the sport drivers and and all came really from the roots of of the battle of the bluegrass series it's unbelievable well
1: absolutely and uh, you know a little bit about my background before I, I did the battle of the bluegrass I mean obviously starting at brownstown in indiana which hosted battle the bluegrass races in the past I've, uh you know uh i was actually in the ground floor when ump started uh with the, the late bob Mimmer. uh i had met bob Memmer in the early 80s uh he was working down at Barron county speedway in glasgow kentucky and then uh, i was working at charlestown uh, motor speedway in charlestown indiana just northeast of louisville and uh, that's where I met him at. He was selling National Speed Sport News at the time and doing some announcing at Barron County. And this was the time when the wedge cars were taking over and, uh, you know, car counts were dwindling and uh, guys were getting out of it because of expense. Funny, I mean, we go back 30 years now and it's still expensive. You know, it's still uh, very costly to do. But um, at that time, the wedge cars, I mean, it took a lot of horsepower. And that was back when they had the big what they called Humper tires, uh, Goodyear, McCurry, whatever. And uh, the racing, I, I thought the racing was good, but it just got to be where drivers were quitting left and right back then. And uh, he came up with an IOD one night when he was talking to Charlestown that we need to do something about this. And here I am, I'm just basically out of high school and I'd been announcing at Brownstown for three or four years. And I travel around, did a couple of racetracks on a regular basis. And uh, that's where basically UMP started. And then we had a meeting in Scottsburg, Indiana in November of 1983. And uh, he invited a bunch of promoters around the area, around Ohio, uh, Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, and such. And when Earl Baldus shows up, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the the greatest promoter of all time, he's the GOAT of uh, promoters and and there'll never be another one like him. And and you listen to what he has to say as well. And he was concerned as well uh, about car counts and about the way the sport was going. And uh, so we had this meeting. And so we got a schedule and a set of rules and you go from basically wedge bodies of unlimited height, width, engine setback, nitrous oxide, big tires, (laughs) and you basically go to a small car, 11-inch tires, smaller bodies, on and on and on. And that UMP began in 1984, was their first year. So then you go on, and, and that was very successful. And then and, and Northern All-Stars started here when I was in, well, when I, I still live in Indiana. Obviously, I'm in Florida right now. But uh, that began in 1998, and we had a meeting on that and discussed doing a regional traveling series for drivers in uh, Indiana. And then we did some in Kentucky as well, in Ohio as in in Illinois as well. But uh, that was successful. And then in two thousand, I would think, two, late two thousand one, early two thousand two, I got a phone call from Spencer Wilson. Spencer Wilson, um, I had never met Spencer Wilson. We um, we both wrote for Kentucky Racing News. Both of you familiar with that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, based in Danville, Kentucky. That was a monthly publication. And so he called me one night and uh, introduced himself. And I, like I said, we, we talked and, and we had never met, never talked. And he said he had this idea for a regional series uh, based in the state of Kentucky. Hmm. And I said, fine. Cause he, I think he lived in Somerset and uh, Kentucky is where he's from. And so I thought, I told him, I thought, think about it. He said, well, think about it. He said, I want you to be the announcer and the PR director and on and on and on. And so I thought about it and he called me, I think, two or three times right after that and asked me about it. And I said, cause I was doing Northern all-stars at the time I had left Brownstown. Uh, and I still had a full-time job, which I still do to this day. That's not in racing, but in sales. And, um, so I decided to do it, and uh, and I told him up front, which turned out to be, uh, I don't know how to say, it, kind of a blessing for me, because uh, uh, he asked me what I wanted, you know, how much money I needed, you know, to come down and do all this, and I told him, and he said sure, and uh, and I told him up front, I said, and, and I learned my lesson with Northern All Stars and about how to do things, and I and I told him, I said. I don't want to know anything about how much money you're bringing in sponsorship wise or, uh, other things associated. I don't want no- nothing about bills. And I, you know, I just want to announce and PR and just do my job. And he said, sure. So we had a meeting, I believe it was on a Sunday afternoon. I'm thinking it was in January of Oh two. Hmm. Uh, at Wayne Bowen Racing Supply down in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we put that in Kentucky Racing News. And obviously, Mid-American Auto Racing News was not printing at that time during the winter month months. So we had a meeting on a Sunday afternoon. So I drive down to Harrodsburg. And, uh, I mean, I walk in there. I mean, there is a ton of people, ton of fans. There's fans, there's drivers, and there's promoters. And it was like kind of overwhelming a little bit to begin with, thinking the amount of people that showed interest in, you know, this series. Yeah. Spencer announces that it's going to be the Bow of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series. Going to be late models.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, we signed up a bunch of drivers. We got their names and any that I didn't have their address for. Of course, most everybody had known me from Northern All-Stars or Brownstown or so they knew of me and I knew of them. Uh, They didn't really know Spencer that well, but they, they took, you know, they, they took to that. And uh, once we got a schedule done, we did a mass mailing, talked to promoters. uh, They were all on board and uh, it just went from there. uh, You know, and uh, it was, uh, you know, it was an error back when you can pay 2000 to win, and you're mm-hmm. going to get a bunch of cars. You can't come and do that today, <laughs> yeah, obviously, no. with expenses, yeah. as we all well know. And uh, so we do that, and, uh, you know, that was back when you had, that was before internet basic. Uh, you know, you had places like 4M or whatever, which, you know, they're still around, but you really didn't have websites and things like that. Drivers' websites, series' websites like you do, obviously, you've had in the last 15, 20 years yeah. that has exploded. Everybody's got that. But basically, that was word of mouth or Kentucky Racing News or Mid-American Auto Racing News. That's how people found out their information. And, of course, writing for all the then We did some for the local newspapers if there was a race you know, in Glasgow, Kentucky, we work with the newspaper there. Or if it's in Bardstown, Kentucky, or if it's in yeah. Richmond, Kentucky, you guys know how all that works. And obviously yeah. nowadays that's completely different with local newspapers and so on and so forth. But you, yeah. you go on and, and, and just the, the drivers that we had uh, at that time, uh, you know, Eddie Carrier Jr., Jesse Lay, Jesse James Lay, Tyrell Todd, Johnny Wheeler, Uh, you had the neat brothers, Mm -hmm. uh, you can, you had Doug, Doug and Richard Smith, uh, you can go on and on. And, um, it was just, it was just pretty awesome to, to work those races and travel down there. Everybody was so accommodating and nice to me. And, uh, you know, so that goes on for a while. And then, uh, Spencer decides he's going to begin the NARA, which was the precursor to Lucas oil, late model dirt series. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, there you know, it's, it's hard to talk about because I mean, I, a lot of the stuff that went on, I had no idea what was going on. I was kept in the dark, which kind of glad I was in a way. And then you know, things come about in 04 with NARA, and then uh, we ran eight races in NARA. And then come the next year, then there there was issues with the Battle of the Bluegrass Points Fund. I don't think there's any secret to that. I believe that was in 04, 03. It was the year Aaron Hatton won the points.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, there was
1: some issue. Yeah, we had a banquet, Battle of the Bluegrass Banquet, which we was doing at that time, we'd added modifieds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tim Sharp had been doing the modifieds, did a great job. And then then we had our banquet at Kentucky Speedway down there uh, in Kentucky. Uh, uh,
0: what's the name of the town?
1: What's the name of Calvert the town? City. Kentucky Speedway
0: there. Cal- oh, Calvert City.
1: No, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, thats Cal-
0: that's Kentucky Lake. The
1: asphalt track that ran a NASCAR a couple oh, of NASCAR Sparta. races. Sparta, yes, thank
0: you. Yep.
1: Sparta, Kentucky. They're off I seventy one. So, mm-hmm. and there were rumors after that that some checks had not cleared or we're not going to clear. So I became more worried about that. And then it all come up, it all come up in 05. It was just um, man, you know, and then with the Lucas oil and Lucas oil purchase of this DNARA, and just, just a lot of things uh, you know, like I said, to even this day, I don't know a whole, you know, everything about it. I just know bits and pieces and, yeah. It just it just wasn't a good thing. I mean, yeah. let's just be honest about it. and there's people that know the story and uh, you know Spencer passed away a few years ago. so I, I mean I'm not gonna I mean I that guy in there never bounced a check to me. He always paid me what we had agreed to mm-hmm. and uh, he just had he got he had a good thing going. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question about it when you have NARA because that was when the world of outlaw lay models came back was in 04 and you're battling extreme dirt car series and all this. Yeah. And he had a good thing going cause he had some decent sponsors. And then, like I said, Lucas oil and five purchases the series. And that's when it really all just kind of for Spencer just kind of went crossways. And, and like I say, um, he was always good to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. quite honestly, without him, I may not be doing this with the Lucas Oil Series. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. and I've only missed four races in 19 years with Lucas Oil. And uh, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, it's just – it's hard to talk about. But um, I just – I go day-to-day, I mean, thinking how great – I mean, it was just a good thing he had going. Yeah. I mean, he had the best regional series in America, in the Battle of the Bluegrass. And then you have what become what would become right now the best national touring series. I mean, For you know, sure. that's just my that's opinion on that. that. And then after that, when I left the series and he left the series, then I mean, it ran what until 09, right, guys? In uh, yeah, 2009. Ended in 2009. So yeah. Tom McConnell got involved with it. He had been involved in – well, he still is in tractor and truck pulling and all that, and Mm -hmm. it just was never the same, I don't think. Um, And then you add up over the time and, and, uh, you know, when you lose tracks like Bardstown, Glasgow, you know, Glasgow went out, 201, uh, 201 is not run for – 201's done – Basically, yeah. You, th- you guys mentioned you mentioned Josh uh, Thunder Ridge,
0: yeah. And you oh, go yeah.
1: on and on and the soggy bottoms and all that. Yeah, Paducah come back. There's no Kentucky Lake no more. Yeah, yeah. And it, it and the drivers. I mean, there's still some that are still active, no doubt about it. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, but we gave a name to those guys. I mean, nobody. Yeah. You know, we just gave a name to them, and that's one thing I'm really proud of that. You know, who really – everybody knew Eddie Carrier's dad. Uh-huh. And you have Eddie Jr., you have Bobby Carrier Jr., was well-known at Richmond, obviously yep. winning a lot of track titles. Then you add guys like Mike Jewell and Tim Tonga and Whitney McQuarrie and, like I said, the Neat Brothers mm-hmm. and Aaron Hatton later. I mean, we brought national recognition to those guys with – I mean, obviously you had no streaming back then. You had no highlights on dirt on dirt. You had none of that stuff. And uh, just in the racing publications, whether it's Kentucky racing News, newsroom in America, people read about these. I mean, mm-hmm. those people had a lot of subscribers and people read about them and they got to know their names. Yeah. And, um, uh, so, so I'm really proud of that and, and getting to know those guys and, and Timmy Yeager, uh, you know, guys like that. And, uh, just just was really a lot of fun and, and when we had a lot of very good car counts i mean we still hold the record i believe in lake cumberland uh 62 cars we had for the lake cumberland classy that was a record and we go to bardstown <laughs> and, and you know you'd have a lot of cars and uh but just as time goes on um you know the drivers they retire you know in johnny withers case unfortunately pass away and uh, you know he had a lot of great car and those Larry Yance um Larry Yance who has still has a lot to do with Ponderosa and Lake Cumberland I mean yeah. you know uh, just owning Johnny Wheeler's car and and like I said you never know who would drop in you like you mentioned <laughs> uh, in the pre the pre-show there the Don O'Neills the Daryl Anigans uh the yeah. people like that would drop in and that was cool yeah uh, because they weren't running really a national tour back then and uh, that that was pretty neat, and uh, like I said, the, another track that people forget about, scenic, scenic down in Tennessee, uh-huh. and then there was Tennessee Motor Speedway, and that's gone away. And uh, Crossville, we went to a few times. That was pretty neat. It's still around, but if you come today and you say, and, and I know I told you West that, I mean I've had a lot of inquiries about David Webb is another guy that I should mention as well. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of inquiries about stuff because I'm trying to get this Northern All Star deal back going, and this is all on my off Lucas Oil weekends, which as you well guys well know, it's very few. Once yeah, the season yeah. gets going, there's very few. Plus, when you do the Eldora races, the dream in the world, then uh-huh. you knock out two more weekends, and you know now we got the dirt track there as well, dirt track world championship there, but it's very few dates available that I can go do something, whether it be. Northern All Stars are trying to do the Battle of Bluegrass, but there's just a lot of investigative work that I'm doing on both. Trying to, you got to get it to where. I don't mean to be disrespectful to people, but th- if there's liens against something, and I know the Northern All Stars has a run in 12 years and Battle of Bluegrass is so this will be what 14 years now. Uh-huh. will. uh you just got to go through all that. You got to talk to. I've been talking to drivers, and 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 it's just. I just don't have enough days to be able to do something. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Cause I think, you know, I've got a, a pretty doggone good reputation in this sport and, yeah. you know, I'm not in it to make money as far as running a series is concerned, you know, and, and I'm very happy with Lucas oil and and I hope to be there till, till whenever. I mean, as long as there's a Lucas oil series, I want to do that and be there. So yeah. Uh I appreciate everything they've done for me and uh but on my off weekends, you know, I like to I just can't go and sit. I can't go fishing, I can't go I can't go mow the grass. <laughs> I you know, I just I just can't sit around and do you know, but I think there's a lot of regional uh, you know, a lot of guys that are weekend warriors in Indiana and Kentucky that you could get something going and pay them decent money, you know, like I said, the two or 3,000 win races are a thing of the past. That's just not going to happen. And, you know, some people think 5,000, but if you have a 5,000 and you pay good throughout the top 10, then that's okay. Cause everybody's yeah. got to survive, but uh, it's, it's just the number of tracks in Kentucky. That's the problem that you run into without a Bardstown, without a Glasgow, uh, without a 201, without a Kentucky leg, without a scenic, without you know on and on and on. And basically you have Florence, um Richmond, obviously Lake Cumberland, Ponderosa. Now you got Paducah. That that's pretty good right there, without a doubt. But uh we'll just see how it all, you know, you never know. And uh like I said a lot of those drivers are still around. I mean, you know, uh still racing. So uh it would be interesting to say the least if if something could be done and uh
0: uh you just never know yeah yeah, you're sorry that I talked
1: I talked longer than my hall of fame speech there
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's exactly what we wanted to have you come on and do Wes and I we both said well it's funny because um I guess it was a few weeks ago we were talking about who we wanted to have on this show sort of an opening show we wanted to get someone who knew a lot about the ins and outs of the series and and um I don't remember how it worked, but I think I mentioned to him, maybe said, what if we could get James Essex on the show? And he said, well, I don't know, man. I'll send him a message and see if we can get him on here because it was right in the middle of speed weeks. So, and, you know, right. and I'm like, yeah, he's a busy guy and he probably doesn't have time to fool with this. But um, we wanted to get you on here just to give you a chance to talk. I do want to ask you, though, you were talking about, you know, uh, Spencer Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I know you said there's a lot of things that you, you know, don't feel comfortable getting into But just the good of Spencer Wilson, because so much good came of the series. What what was what was it about Spencer as far as a person and his mindset and and the way he thought about things that allowed all this to to come together the way that it did?
1: Well, he, he, you know, he and I and I did, too. I mean, he knows, know a lot of people, not not in the way probably that I did as far as, uh, experience and I, I know his dad raced, Spencer's dad raced, Billy raced, and he had been around it like me all of our lives. So, and, and he knew, he knew a lot of connections down that away. And, and like I said, and I can only speak for myself that, I mean, he always treated me great and he always paid me what he said he was going to pay me. And, and some of this other stuff that went on with, you know, um, money wise and all that. And it, it's just a shame. Cause like I said, I mean, I've had several people tell me over the years that he had a great thing going there when he started this NARA and then he had the bow, of the bluegrass going and it was going strong. And, uh, then it just got to the point where quite honestly, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, I just put it just like that. And, you know, all the things that went on behind the scenes that I didn't know anything about. I just show up and do my job and uh, the best that I can. And uh, that's that's why I said earlier. And you say, well, why did why did I ask him at the beginning that I didn't want to know anything about entry fees and about what money was coming in and sponsorship? I mean, I didn't want to know to hear nothing about it. You know, that's not my that wasn't my what I was paid to be to know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I wasn't an accountant. I wasn't. You know, I didn't touch. I said, I don't want to touch any money. Yeah. <laughs> the only money I want to touch is what you pay me. Okay? Sure. So, you know, a lot of things just got to be – it was just like a snowball effect, and it just got to be where it was just uh, something had to be done. And uh, like I said, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And uh, I know the first year we did it, he did NRA in 04, and they had a banquet down here. Uh, for East Bay and uh, there was some there was some issues there with checks and you know and you know I don't need to go into the whole story but the people that were involved they know they know what's going on and I'm not telling something that that people don't know and that some most people don't know but there's some that don't but like I said he's been gone a few years now and um but like I said, he he had a good. I mean, there's no doubt that he had a good thing going, and it's just a shame what happened. And um, then the series goes, and then it's similar to what happened to Northern All Stars. Then you have, I I don't know, just just things uh, go on that just. I know everything. A lot of things are not the same. They never will be. There never will be like it was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the bow of the bluegrass but you know there there is some hope that maybe uh that that could that that could happen again to where you know i could you know i could do something but like i said uh i've got very few weekends off with of lucas oil i mean this is something i want to do to give back to the regional drivers and and you know and you guys we talked about it before we went on the air that dustin and i dustin jared and i I mean whether it's Eldor or even, you know, during the Georgia Florida Speed Weeks, we always bring about blue bluegrass. Yeah. I mean, it's still close to our hearts and Northern All-Stars as well. But we're talking about Eddie Carrier Jr. running this weekend with us at All Tech and next week at East Bay. Talk about Tyrell Todd, uh, down there and he's sponsoring a hard charger and and Jeff Gullet of course. He was crew chief for a long time. Danny Ray Preston, uh, car owner, uh, long time the RP industrial cars and and so on and so forth. But uh man, just a lot of great Great guys that we had running this deal. Uh, I could tell you stories story. There's just stories of stuff that happened on the track and off the track and people being suspended that weren't told they were suspended and they show up at a racetrack and, you know, <laughs> just, just all kinds of things. But the, the, the bad thing about it is you don't have Bardstown. Glasgow's been gone a long time. I wish we had started it quite honestly in the early nineties when Taylor County was still around in Campbellsville. Yeah. Cause that's one track I was always told to go to. I, I, I could help announce Terry with Terry wheelchair, never did make it cause it was always a big night race the night before Brownstown and they wouldn't get done. They were real late and so on and so forth. I wish it was around when we did the Bow of the bluegrass. Cause you know, that would have been awesome. But you take all those tracks out of the equation, then you've got, you know, I'm not saying it can't be done but uh you know if if we're going to do it you know I'd like to do something the next couple of years but like I said it's I just don't have enough weekends to where we could run a series to where we could run 15 20 races which I think that's basically all you need anymore so yeah you know as yeah, far as the purses are concerned you know and you know, like I said, back in the day, 20 years ago, two or 3,000 to win, you could still draw 40 cars. Yeah. Uh, that just isn't going to happen today. But I, I think there's enough drivers around Indiana and Kentucky where you can do something.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that for sure. I think the right scenario, the right situation, because it almost seems like from the beginning, the success originally in 2002, from 2002 to th- 2009, especially in those early years, was really sort of like a perfect storm. Just the right people at the right time, the right drivers, the right national situation for late model racing where you could get some of these guys to come in here and pop in and run some shows. I don't doubt that that couldn't happen again, but it seems like from the beginning, that's part of what made Battle of the Bluegrass so special was just the time, place, perfect storm type of scenario.
1: Well, that's right. You talked about Donald Neal. You talk about a guy like Mike Julie's He's won the Butterball multi-times, what, eight times, whatever. And, and uh, Frankie Coomer was another driver that come down from Indiana. And, and John Gill, obviously. Uh, and John Gill looks to be making a comeback this year. He's going to be racing some, hopefully, it looks like here in a couple of months once they get things going there. And, uh, I mean, those are the people who put butts in the grandstands. Let's just be honest about it.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. and now you've got the new generation, the Hudson O'Neills, the Ricky Thornton's, the Spencer Hughes, who li- who you know are based in Indiana, uh-huh. uh, that that can draw a crowd, and you still got a you know you got the Rice brothers at Florence, you've got mm-hmm. Robbie Hensley, you've got uh, Trevor Landrum, uh, Lanigan still time to time, you never know, but you still have enough drivers that you could put butts in the grandstands. That's what it's all about, and. Uh, you know, that's what I miss. I mean, and uh, miss, miss going to those type of races, Northern All-Stars and Battle of the Bluegrass, because you didn't know who was going to show up. I mean, that's just the way it used to be back in the day, as we well know, before Lucas Oil and World of Outlaws. You, you had NDRA, but they were more of a way national deal, and mm-hmm. they didn't really affect you. Then Stars comes along, they're more of a, uh, you know, uh, an Ohio – West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Maryland stuff. And and we did some at Brownstown as well, and Florence did too. And and other than that, then then you have, you know, you, you could have run a race and you didn't know if Jack Boggs was going to show up or <laughs> yeah. Jeff Purvis. I mean, you go to a race in Campbellsville, Kentucky, and you'd have John Gill and Jeff Purvis and Jack Boggs and maybe, you know, a Larry Moore or uh, John Gill or Ray Gotze, uh, Steve Barnett. Uh, people like that that would that would race and and that was awesome and the same way at brownstown and uh i mean we could pay we ran one night like a regular show and jack boggs pops in it's like oh you know this is good Uh, this is cool and then you know you know everybody knows how tough brownstown was back in the day and florence was equally as tough as well with their regular shows but that was that was pretty cool but I mean, you know, you're not going to run a race around there anymore, and you're not going to have Jonathan Depp or maybe stop it. But, you know, that's that's the way it is. There's plenty of guys that, you know, they need a paycheck too, you yeah, know, right. and uh, that don't race for a living like the Davenports and the McCready's and the, the people like that that uh, depend on that. But uh, it's just, you know, it's something that can be done, I think. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we had a lot of good people with us and, 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 uh, Alan Tilly, you know, uh, was one of those. that was, that was real helpful with us. Noel Hargis, uh, Chris Tilly was, you know, uh, Chris Tilly was an integral part of all this. And, uh, and, uh, those, I can't thank those guys enough. I mean, that was really, you know, that's helped, helped us. It's not a one person operation of putting the people on the map and, uh, we did like I said, we didn't have the streaming, we didn't have any highlights, didn't have you know anything you knew is a week later or a month later in Kentucky Racing News and a week later in Mid America, you had pictures and a story right up, and that was it, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's how people knew, and you know, you'd run advertisements in there and so on and so forth, but uh, just a, just a lot of great memories and uh, you know, pretty good. I mean, when you look the, the the winning, I mean, what is it, Don O'Neill? Who, who's the winningest all time there? Is Is it Don O'Neill? Mike Marley. Mike Marley, yes. Yep, yep. And look where he is now. I mean, you know, he's one of the top <laughs> drivers in the country, even though he's not going to follow a tour this, this year. He won the World of Allows title, but yeah. he won Rookie of the Year the same year he won the points in 03. And in Eddie Carrier Jr., who's come back in the last couple years, he's working at Rocket Chassis. So uh mm-hmm. working with Matt Costner on his team and and uh, we always talk about it every time we see Eddie and we bring it up. And I see Bobby Jr. is going to get back into it a little bit running. I'm not sure if he's running a crate car, why, Lake Cumberland or Richmond. And uh, Bobby Carrier, uh, Kenneth Harlow, people like that. Kenneth Harlow was a longtime car owner, lived in Danville, Kentucky, owned the cars for Bobby Carrier Jr. Benji Lee drove for him as well. We had Jay Mobley. Jay Mobley raced a lot with us. Uh, as well, when he drove a late model, but uh, just a just a lot of good times, and uh, you know, guys like Johnny Wheeler, Johnny Wheeler, just one of the most. He, he already said a word. He's like you know, Dennis Herb Jr., Daryl Lanigan, and you didn't hear nothing yeah. out of him. And yeah, uh, Scott James, Scott James ran a lot with us, and mm. you know, back in the day.
0: Yeah. yeah, a couple of things you mentioned there, I think that are important when it comes to why was this time so special? Why was this series so special? One is just what you said. It was before the age of streaming and social media and all the websites, the the media publication sites that we have today. So a part of it is the only way we as fans and former crew members and drivers and and officials with the series can relive it as in our minds. I mean, there's, there's not a lot, even if you look online, there's, there's not a lot of stuff out there really when it comes down to well,
1: it. Well, Yeah. You can go to dirt on dirt. If you have a subscription to that and you can check the history and go under the battle of the bluegrass and it'll give you all the results from every year from Oh two to Oh nine. And then all the career winners and, and the final, I think top five and points, something like that, but that, that'll give you that. Yeah. You're like you said, there's, really no there's no video yeah unless somebody you know uh had some kind of a video not well i you know you know what i'm saying back in the day a reporter or something yeah. to do that with and <laughs> and all that but uh yeah now, nowadays you just photos that's what i told somebody the other day i said i back back in the day of the when i was at brownstown or going to other tracks it's like man you you're living in the moment at that time and you're not thinking ahead 10 20 30 years that man I need, i'd i like to have pictures of everybody you know of their race cars or them or whatever yeah. but you at the in the moment you don't think about it. i still got a lot of battle of bluegrass pictures i mean i could get those to you guys i got a ton of them that i took starting in 02 and uh I mean, I basically did all of it. I mean, I did the announcing. I did all the PR, did all the stories. I took all the pictures. I submitted all the pictures to Kentucky Racing News or Mid-America, did all of that, and I still got a lot of those pictures from everywhere that we went to, whether it was 201, Bardstown, Florence, whatever, and it's pretty cool. I ought to do a montage one. It'd take me a while to do that, but yeah. uh, th- that was pretty cool. I like to do what the um, – of course i still use my index cards like rick rick eshelman did and i know somebody a couple months ago did a whole deal about putting his in archives and all that and that's pretty cool yeah. but um thing is i do new cards every year rick rick just did his in pencil he erased them <laughs> <laughs> and, you know if they changed chassis or lost a sponsor or gained a sponsor he just had them on there but he had a pencil he just erased all of it so that's pretty cool and then we miss rick and he he was awesome, and you know. Then after I left, in Spanky Michael DeSpain came in, and just just a good friend, and does a great job and everything that he does, and uh, yeah. uh, PR work and announcing, just just top notch guy, and uh, hopefully he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day too, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, just 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 an outstanding guy, and and like I said, all the people that that had helped on the series, uh, Amy, you know. <laughs> Amy and Dwayne Ragland. There's two Dwayne Raglands, one that lived in Indiana that passed away last year. And there was an Amy and Dwayne Ragland and uh, Delbo. Delbo was helping us some and and all that. And, uh, you know, it's it's just uh, something that I'll never forget. And I thank all those people and all those drivers. I mean, it's all about the drivers. They're the ones that make all this it's just even up to this day with Lucas oil that we've seen the racing the first five nights has been pretty doggone good and it's all about the drivers and hope everybody's enjoyed those broadcasts but uh yeah we didn't get to do any streaming with obviously Pal with the, the bluegrass but uh <laughs> you know uh that would have been pretty awesome but there's some there was I mean I remember the time we went to Clinton County down there in Kentucky and it's like I it took me forever to find the place and I get up there and announce, I think Jesse Lay might've won that. night. I'm not sure, but maybe Tim Tungit, but I'm thinking, you know, this is a go-kart track. Why are we running? I told Spencer, he said, what are we doing running on this? It might, <laughs> this. And I am there at that point. I had never been to Macon yet.
0: Oh so when yeah. I get,
1: you know, I get to make it, they said, well, you can't run too wide and we're running three wide Lucas oil and blah, blah, blah. Same way out at Houston's in South Dakota last year. Sprint car track. We get there, the sprint car guy, uh the the, the announcer, God bless him. Goes, I don't see late malls run two wide, and we're running three wide. The whole oh, race. This is know. a great show.
0: Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> and it's
1: going to be good for the Silver Dollars, but we're Clinton County, and I'm and I'm up here. I mean, I'm on the front stretch looking down, and I'm thinking, this is this is not going to be good. It turned out to be a heck of a race. Yeah, we had a lot of cautions, but.
0: Yeah, Tyrell yeah. Todd won that first race at Todd in okay. two thousand four. So, did yeah. Tungan
1: win one there? Was it um, Tungan, did Tung win one? I was thinking either him or Jesse won one,
0: but maybe I, I'd have to look back on that. Yeah, I've got the, I've got it printed off here, but um, okay, I, right. I just I see that first one, but uh, but that's a fun little place. I actually, had a, had a chance. It, it opened back up. I mean, for a very short period of time, Clinton County did, and. I got to go yeah. over there and it was a Nasra race and um, little bitty track, but that was a, it was a fun show that night when I went over there too and way back in the middle of nowhere, but fun little <laughs> place for sure.
1: Well, that was before, I mean, you're talking, we had GPS. You talked about print printout MapQuest. That is so funny. That is true. You <laughs> yeah. know, print printout MapQuest and all this. And you know, this is, you know, you back in the day, you used to have to stop at the local gas station uh, on the corner and ask where the track was, you know, they, yeah. oh, it's down, it's down this road, County road, whatever, through the holler, through the cornfields, the cow pasture whatever. But, you know, I, I miss kind of miss Thunder Ridge. Thunder Ridge was a pretty good one down in Prestonburg. They helped, they hosted the dirt track world championship once. And we parked, we parked everybody on the horse track.
0: <laughs>
1: and And I walked in there one night and they had, that's when they, when they, they, they did have horses and they had paramutual betting going on, <laughs> on a horse track, it, whether it was Keeneland or Saratoga or wherever in the heck they were, they was, there was people in there placing bets on horses somewhere else. And it's like, and it, it was parking everybody on a horse track. That was just so, uh, so interesting, you know, and I still can't believe they hosted a dirt track. I think Freddie Smith won it, the dirt track world championship they had there. And, of course, Bardstown hosted the dirt, excuse me, the dirt track world championship. And we'd always have a race there. And then the guys would come with that's, I mean, fill the pits up, getting ready for that, you know. And, you know, you had Jackie Boggs and people like that to come in there. And uh, 201 was always a favorite of mine. You, you know, you always had Chucky e. May and Brandon Kinzer, mm-hmm. who, who seemed to always be the first two in line for the World 100, right? I mean, they, they always got <laughs> joked about it for years, they were always the first ones in line for Eldor for the World One Hundred. Well, they're there racing, and you know you had guys like Raymond Nichols and uh, Paul Davis from Pilgrim, Kentucky. That's when I first met John Blankenship. Actually, he lived in Williamson, West Virginia, and which wasn't that far from Two Hundred One. That's the first time I'd ever met him was when he when he raced at Two Hundred One, and the stories. Oh man, there was one night at two o one. I is it all right if I tell you some stories? Do you have Please time? Please do. Yes, we we've got
0: we have all night. We've got as we've got as much time as you want to give us.
1: Do you have two hours like I did at the Hall of Fame? Do, you, do we have that much time? We got an yeah, on-lap here at nine o'clock. This
0: it. thing this thing doesn't end. So two o one in
1: Sitka, Kentucky, at the Battle of Bluegrass Race, and I think. I'm not sure if Aaron Hatton won. Aaron Hatton and Scott James had a little kerfuffle, okay, on the racetrack. So we go to pits, and for some reason I'm down there, and I don't know how I made it down there so fast. Well, Aaron Hatton's on the scales to be weighed. Next thing I know, here comes Scott James's mom with a cane. She walked with a cane. And she's beating him upside the helmet or whatever with this cane. What is going on here? (laughs) <laughs> and it's God rest her soul. She passed away, but she was a good woman. But man, that was something else. And and there was one night at uh, speaking of Clinton County. I think it was the first time we ran there. Mm. And Timmy Yeager, something had happened the week before. I'm not sure if it was with Travis, his brother, or who it was. And there was an, there was something going on in the pits or something. Well, Spencer was going to Was going to suspend him. Got to suspend you, blah, blah, blah. Can't let this go on. Well, the thing is, Spencer never sent him a letter. (laughs) Supposed to send him a letter telling him, hey, this is what's going on. I'm suspending you for a week or two, blah, 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 from competition. Well, he didn't do it. And guess what? Timmy Yeager shows up. So, we got all these drivers and car owners coming up to Spencer and me and saying, hey, I thought you kicked this guy out, suspended him. Well, yeah, he's supposed to. Well, Spencer made him load up and leave because uh, it was like, this was not going to be good. And like I said, I don't remember exactly what had occurred if it was in the pits or whatever, but uh, that was interesting. And uh, that was kind of embarrassing, but you know, it's like, I told Spencer after I said, why didn't you send him a letter or call him at least call him? Nope. He didn't do any of that.
0: <laughs> so then he shows
1: up. And so everybody else is like, Hey, you, you should, this guy should have been kicked out or suspended or whatever. You're responsible for your crew. So if your crew screws up, you're out, you know, you're out. You should be out. And, and, uh, but no, not a phone call or a letter. So he shows up, drives all the way down there. And so I made him, Spencer made him load up and leave. And he knew he would (laughs) show up. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. He pulls in there and I'm thinking, Oh, I told Spencer, I said, what's the deal with him? I said, he, <laughs> he, he's supposed to be not here. And then at that point, then when he unloads, of course, most of them had box trailers. You know, they don't have the rigs that they have nowadays. Mm. And so a lot of them had open trailers. Well, he had a box trailer, I'm thinking, and maybe it was an open trailer. Unloads the car, and uh, next thing you know, they're all over there. All of our drivers are over there. Hey, you know, this ain't right. This guy, you know. <laughs> I always got along with Timmy. Timmy, uh, you know, his brother, he was a little, <laughs> he was, uh, tough to deal with sometimes, but that's a story that's, that's rather, in, that's rather, uh, you know, uh, out there that a lot of people didn't know, but yeah. in uh, just some of the other races, you know, the races at soggy bottom, it's like, you know, they didn't even run late models on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know? So you had, you had to bring all the cars and, You know, you have Terry English, people like that uh, stop in from Western Kentucky, and that's when Kentucky Lake and Paducah were running and all this, and you could get some cars from there and to get guys to travel out there like a James Huff or people like that. Um, But I I miss Bardstown. I know Bardstown took a lot of heat sometimes for the racetrack, but, I mean, David Farrell was just leasing it. I mean, if he had owned it, he would have – you know, if you don't own a track, why are you going to go put thousands of dollars worth of clay and do and fix this and that when you don't even own it? I mean, it yeah. doesn't make no sense. And David's a good businessman. David's a good man. David knows what he's doing. And uh, it's just, it just, you know, things happen there and Charles Hamilton, you know, they, David just, you know, he's then, and they just went away, you know, and then we know what happened to Glasgow and, you have all the, the things that happened down there, uh, Billy McCoy. I think it's Billy McCoy was his name. He changed it to McCoy Motor Speedway, which I you know this promoter people that buy racetracks they can do whatever they want to. Don't get me wrong; They're, it's their yeah. money, but but you you put your own name on it. I mean, I you know I'm not going to go to Brownstown and have Essex Motor Speedway or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, I mean, it don't make no sense because it was Barron County Speedway forever, and then it, you know, (laughs) just and then it went away and out to junkyard. And sadly, I mean, that was one of the best tracks in the country. There's no doubt about it. Um, Bluegrass Speedway, yeah, right, right. When when Dennis Bull and Ricky Pollock ran Glasgow, I mean, them and Brownstown, they were drivers loved going to both of them. They yeah. loved going to Glasgow because it was high bank, it was wide. Kentucky Classic, the whole deal. Uh, a lot of guys from Indiana went down there and raced or, <laughs> whenever they had a big show. Um, you know, Richmond we used to do the Butterball, and uh, you know that that was always interesting track to go to because there was there was some kerfuffles that happened there. And uh, but I like the people there. That's when uh, Bobby Reed and uh, James. Uh, forgive me Is Bobby and James ran it I know that much and uh, Sandy and Jim Adams owned it still and uh, you know uh, that that was always interesting we always had good races there I mean you know uh, down there and uh, Paducah was good the scenic I like scenic uh, scenic was big and fast and uh, that's going away too I think it's grown up as well and we had a incident one night down there with anthony white uh the dirty white boy boy. (laughs) him and doug smith and you guys know doug smith from somerset the former rookie of the year in the series i mean this guy's like six foot five weighs 350 pounds (laughs) (laughs) and he sits on you and you're you know you're a goner but there was a there was an issue on the track so they're going to pits and this is after a heat race and Anthony white and the, they're running the, Anthony white's trying to go through the pits, 400 mile an hour. Can't do that. Blah, 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 to catch up to him. He's going to kick his ass and all this other business. And, you know, he, I, surely he, and Anthony white's just, you know, he's like, you know, he's like this, you know, it's yes. just, you know, Yeah. no neck, you don't know, just, you know, he's, you know he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's all right. But anyway, so then there was a kerfuffle, and they I think they kicked Anthony out and, and all that, and uh, just just crazy stuff. I mean, we had one night, I think, Sean Martin there at uh, Carter County. We had a Bob race. Carter County, for those that don't know, is in Grayson, Kentucky. It's like up on a hill. You got to, like, drive straight up a hill to get to it. And I think it was Sean Martin was his name. He was from Maze, but I think he's still racing some. And I think maybe he did win, and he went to the scales, and he was light. So it's like, oh man!
0: And was that so, track you're speaking about? Was that uh, was that Thunder Mountain Speedway? Is that what that was called? I Olive did Hill? it become
1: that after it was Carter County. It was Carter County for a long. That's where the Boggses ran, Jackie oh, okay. and uh, Jackie and Jack and Randy Boggs and uh, Jackie Boggs was there that night. I know that it might have been become that.
0: Yeah, I so noticed we, we, it on the schedule. I hadn't heard of it, and I was thinking, what what is that? What year was years? that? What
1: year was that? Two
0: thousand three. Yeah. Well, that's.
1: I'm thinking it. What maybe it was? Maybe it did go from Carter County to. Would you say Thunder Mountain, Mountain. Yeah, Thunder Mountain. Mountain? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, because there was Thunder Mountain and there was Thunder Ridge in Prestonsburg. Yeah, yeah. And all that. Uh, give me some other tracks that I missed. Tennessee Motor Speedway, which is gone now in Baxter, Tennessee. We had a race there. It's gone. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Of course, we had Half a lot of good Mountain? races. Before. What is that? Half Mountain Speedway. Yeah, that was. Yes. That was yes, 2002. Yes, yes. yes. That was a brand new track at the time. And they were in Eastern Kentucky. And it was, it was going to be, though, this guy that owned it, and I can't think of his name, he had went to Eldora, and he said he's going to make this place like Eldora. <laughs> okay. Seriously. This guy had some bucks. I don't know if he was in coal or what he was in. Yeah. And he had this brilliant idea, great idea. Well, you know, it's all right to have good ideas. And, you know, if you want to be like Eldora, that's fine. But I'm going to make this the Eldora of Kentucky. so i think we ran what did we run one race there two races i'm not sure and then i think it shut down
0: i think there was there was a race in 2002 and then another one in 2003 eddie carrier jr won both of them yeah
1: yeah yeah because i don't think that was that far from hazard so yeah uh and by that time perry county had shut down that's another track that i wish i'd perry county and taylor county there in campbellsville wish we had been able to do races at but those tracks were gone by then but Half Mountain, I remember that, going to that, and it's like, you know, oh, my gosh. But he had great ideas, but it just didn't, you know, a couple years, and I don't know. It's probably well gone by now, obviously. Was there another track I missed?
0: Yeah, I'm assuming it didn't become the Eldora of Kentucky since it only lasted a
1: few years. No, it did not.
0: So, uh, that's unfortunate because we'd like to have an Eldora here in Kentucky. So, um too bad that didn't work out. Uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned Richmond Raceway with the Tazewell. later on mm-hmm. in, in the series that really started branching out some. I mean, Twin Cities Raceway, uh, Portsmouth, uh, but that was later on. Uh, right. 2007, 08, 09, 06, maybe. Right. It started to sort of branch out. Um, kind of lost so, its roots, kind of lost its roots as far as you know, Brownstown's
1: not that far from Louisville or from Kentucky and all that. So that's not bad. But when, you know, you start branching out some of these other places, you know, you lose your, you know, Florence is great. I mean, you know, Florence, you could probably still do some stuff there obviously, but (sighs) racing is just, I mean, uh, you know, people talk about how expensive it is. To me, it's. I've been in this over 40 years. It's always been expensive. It's always been, that's what, kind of cracks me up when I see, you know, how last year was a record season for Dirt Lane Mall racing, the amount of money that was paid out and mm-hmm. people see, wow well, you know, Jonathan Davenport wins 2 million or this driver wins this one. Win. And they go, and these fans always comment, people always comment. Yeah. But how much did they spend? Yeah. Well, to me, I don't care. <laughs> right. I don't think Wes and Josh care. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care unless yeah. you own a team. Why should I care? What they're spending, if they can Mm. afford to do it and they want to do it, let them do it. Do it.
0: It's It's a lot of fun to watch. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't worry. I mean, do do I care what Tom Brady makes now that he's retired for the second time? Did I care what he makes? He's gonna make more money doing television than he ever did playing football. Seriously. Yeah. And but I don't care what these these. He said, well, they need to cut cost. Tell me where you're going to cut cost at. You go to the grocery store. I'm in the office supply. I'm in the office furniture business. The price of wood, plastic, metal, glass, what everything's up through the roof. You go buy a carton of eggs. You go buy a gallon of milk. You go buy fresh meat. Look how much it's going up. We all know on gas prices, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and and whatever, that's for another day. I'm just saying that, it is what it is. It's always been expensive. I don't care if you're a late model, modified street stock, hobby stock, four cylinder, it's expensive. I saw somebody complaining about a set of rules on a, on four cylinder about having run a winning net. If that's my kid and they're in a four cylinder, and I've seen a lot of unsafe race cars, trust me. If my kid, my son or daughter was running a class, they would have the best self-containment seat, they would have the best helmet, they would have the best mm. gloves, they would have the best head and neck restraint, the best uniform, the best race. I don't care what if if you're the price of your life is not worth something like that, you don't need to be in you don't need to be in it. Yeah. I'm just telling you, you don't need to be doing it. Yeah. If you're not going to put a good fuel cell in your car, you don't need to be out there racing. Because if that thing gets upside and God forbid we saw it at Southern Ohio raceway a few years ago and this happened and a driver lost his life did not. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just, but if, if you can't afford good equipment and I'm talking about safety equipment, then you have no Mm -hmm. business racing. That's just my opinion. Just setting the grandstand or go fishing. I mean, but I don't, I've never understood why people cared about it's like with who's your tire. Okay, the people talk about the price of tires, the price of rubber, everything, rubber trees, rubber plants, wherever they get all this. That you can't they can't find people to work. Yeah. Ever since the pandemic, it is you guys know that in local restaurants.
0: Mm-hmm. You can't yep.
1: come if people don't get $15 or more an hour, they ain't gonna work. Yeah. It's sad. And, and you can't have indoor dining, and you can't get the people you need. But as far as Hoosier Tire, and people talk about, oh, you know, that these local racetracks and these sanctioning bodies, they're the ones making the money on it. No, they're not. You know, I don't know what Lucas Oil gets. It's none of my business. I've never asked. But I do know that when I was at Brownstown for four years, I had an agreement with Hoosier Tire. I ran four divisions, late model, modified, street stock, and bomber. All four divisions ran Hoosier Tires. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was my agreement with Hoosier. I signed it in March. Come the end of come October when the season's over, I get a check in the mail. Guess what I got? Two thousand dollars. That's what I agreed to. Two thousand dollars is what I got. Well, James, well, two thousand dollars per class, man. You you got no? That's two thousand total,
0: yeah. and
1: I averaged one hundred and forty to one hundred and sixty cars a night. Josh and West, that's a heck of a lot of tires during the year. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. sold. And yeah. I get a check, I get a check in October for $2,000. <laughs> you know what I did with that? I went and bought trophies for my awards banquet, and that wasn't even nearly enough to buy trophies. Yeah. $2,000 is all I got for four classes of cars. So, and and that's been a while back, but I can't believe I can't imagine it's even more than that. Mm-hmm. If I was getting 2,000 per class, it'd be, you know, i would be different.
0: But that yeah. wasn't the
1: case, and that's the agreement that had been in place with who's retired before I took it over, with the previous promoter, and I and I don't even know what tracks get, you know how much they get. I I don't worry about that. They said, well, you need to cut costs. You well, they tried to run these B mods. Well, they're getting, you know, they're getting as expensive as A mods. Then they everybody wanted to go crates, and now they're getting to the be. What always gets me is if somebody will go to Rocket or something that will buy a new forty thousand dollar rolling chassis put a crate motor in it. What are you doing? You can buy, you can go on Facebook and marketplace and buy a good used open motor and go run anywhere. You don't need a $40,000 motor to go run a regular show at Brownstown, Florence, Lake County,
0: Richmond. Yeah.
1: Richmond. Yeah. Obviously Richmond as well. You (laughs) don't need, you don't need, you don't, you don't need to be Jonathan Davenport every weekend somewhere to run for what you're running for. Yeah. But like I said, why why do people care how much I don't I don't care. And I've been in this thing for 40 years and I'm close to everybody. And it's like, if you if you can do it, keep on doing it. If you love doing it and you can ride it off or you can do this and that,
0: do it, please, because we enjoy it.
1: What's the most amazing thing to me? You know these rigs and and you know how this truck and trailer, and and you know, there's places that you know you make payments on it. And they tell me that the re- they, they keep their resale value. I mean, they keep their value just tremendously. Mm-hmm. And there's people the car owners have told me they make they make more money off of that when they when they I'm not saying they flip, you know, they you know how they flip houses and flip, you know, they do all this stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they they can sell because there's always a market for it. You always see it all the time on Facebook or whatever, and everybody's got a rig for sale, and they seem to sell it within a short period of time. And they make money and then they go out and they put a, get another one, you know, they get a brand new one. So, um, you know, it, it, they, they, it's not that way with engines, you know, and, and you yeah. got a rebuild engine and, you know, it's what 10 K at least minimum to rebuild an engine after a certain amount of laps. And so the resale value of them's not so great, obviously. So, you know, and race cars, you know, you can, you can sell race cars all the time, all day and night, but, um, It's just something that that always amazed me when people say, you know, it's expensive. And, yeah, it is. If you can't, if you you put your family in jeopardy, uh, you know, going bankrupt. I know a driver's back a long time ago in the 80s. They put second mortgages on their house. (laughs) I know a guy that went and got a second mortgage on his house, went up to C.J. Rayburn's, bought a brand new Rayburn chassis. Of course, C.J. was building motors at the same time, too. When he got okay. started in the late 70s, bought a brand new chassis, rolling chassis and a motor. Went, went to the bank, got a second mortgage on his house. Said, that's <laughs> what I want to do. He that said, is. and somebody told me years ago, said, here's a good analogy. You go buy a boat. What if you want to quit racing, go buy a boat? Well, you go buy a boat. It ain't cheap. I'm sure mm-hmm. a boat to go no. wherever. If you <laughs> want to go down to Lake Cumberland yeah. or go wherever, it's 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 a lot too yeah so i said well instead of buying a boat i'm just going to buy another race car so we all love it they don't do it with it it's just one of those things that you're not going to cut cost i don't you know yeah i know probably some things on the bodies they can tweak obviously everybody knows that but you know um uh it's just something. I mean, you're not going to go tell Mark Richards, oh, you can only sell a rolling chassis for twenty k," or you can go to Who's Your Tire and say well, you can only sell that tire for a hundred dollars, or you can go to Jack Cornett and say you can only sell that open motor for twenty thousand instead of you know. <laughs> it just isn't going to happen. So you roll with it and you go and you know, weekly racing has been you know tumbling down for a long time, as we well know, and people. Mm-hmm the newer generation just hasn't, they didn't grow up and like all of us have. And so they find other things to do on Saturday nights or Friday nights or whatever. And I mean, I went to the track three nights a week basically forever since I was little and that's all I've ever known. I mean, I've never known a summer to where I, I was off Well, the whole summer. It was, it was never happened. And that's what I'm saying that in the future, uh if they'll still have me lucas oil to do that as long as i can i i don't put a deadline on anything as far as retirement i don't plan to retire and uh, i'd like to help out regional guys but like i said on my off weekends very few and you know earlier in the year i've got a lot of a downtime but the weather's always (laughs) questionable and then once we get going then it's just like and then, like I said, I, I two weekend you know Eldora week and then the world uh, the dream of the world doing those and done those for a long time and plan to do them for a lot longer and uh, you know just don't have any time to help out with the with the local stuff but you know we'll we'll see how it all plans out and if we can get a few races scheduled and you know uh, whether it's Northern All Stars or Battle of Bluegrass but there's some things to be investigated on uh, things but I think you know. I mean, Lucas Doyle don't want to do them off weekends. I mean, you know.
0: Yeah. Yep. Still, it's still being.
1: Well, I told P- I said if I'm going to do Northern All Stars or about the Bluegrass, and I bring it, I'm going to be the announcer. I mean, I'm I'm going to be the announcer, and I'm going to do all that. I'm going to do all the PR work and all that, and uh, go from there. I mean.
0: Well, it would be a lot of fun for us. I'll tell you that for sure.